0: everybody it's that guy dad good lord what to talk about uh sorry if the recording quality is not quite up to par Uh, i don't have my usual setup but wanted to get uh get some thoughts recorded today and out to anybody who is kind enough to listen so since i last spoke uh i was a breakthrough case COVID-19, still around, Delta variant, watch out, stay frosty, it fucking sucked, Um, not sure where I got it, I did everything Daddy Fauci told me to do, Um, but I guess that's why it's a pandemic, if it only affected people who didn't take precautions, uh, this would just be the kill Republican disease, which it's kind of turning into. Um, but yeah, no, you can, you can, uh, get the Delta variant if you are, well, you can still get infected if you're vaccinated. Um, my symptoms were not so bad. I was really only sick for a couple days and it never got worse than a heavy cold. My wife who I then infected, um, she got pretty sick, uh, to the point where she was a little nervous one night and wanted me to check on her. Uh, the shittiest part was uh, our daughter, our eight-month-old daughter, also got sick. Um, and, you know, your kids are going to get sick. I'm not, I'm not expecting that I'll be able to prevent every illness. She's going to get sick. I would have just preferred the first time uh, I got to experience my daughter not feeling well wasn't the fucking plague and all the emotions uh, that go along with that. So she got sick and and then my wife and I just spent, you know, all you can do is worry pretty much, you know, we, her pediatrician was great. Um, The city we live in is great. We were able to get tested regularly and easily Um, and her pediatrician got her tested twice and also was on the phone with us a lot, making sure everything was okay. We just gave her Tylenol, Ibuprofen um, for fever. And she just wasn't, you know, she's normally a very jolly, happy baby. Um, doesn't really cry a lot. And she was just fussy and really clingy and she's never liked that. Yeah, and so the worst part is, you know, she's got COVID and you're just wondering, okay, how bad is this going to get? You know, and it is scary. And if anybody tells you that it's not scary, they're an idiot or they don't care or they're lying. They're either lying or they don't know what the fuck is going on. It's got to be one of those two things. Um, so that really sucked. So I tested I tested positive on Tuesday, so I got I started feeling bad Monday night, just like felt a little off. so I was like, I'll get tested. I don't have it, but just to be safe. So I got tested um, Tuesday, and I felt pretty flu-like on Tuesday. My body gets really achy when I'm sick, and that's kind of how I felt. I just felt really achy. Um, And so I tested positive, got the results Wednesday morning. Um, So we got wife and baby tested also. They They both tested negative, which was great. So then I just stayed the hell away from them, which made me feel even more like shit because not only am I potentially infecting my loved ones after you know a year and a half about uh but I'm also now I can't help now I can't do anything so my wife was working from home started to get symptoms still tested negative uh and then she had to take care of the baby on top of that I couldn't do shit uh So I guess luckily or unluckily, then she actually tested positive. Both of them tested positive so that I could actually help. That was the silver lining of them testing positive. Um, I would have much preferred they didn't. But at least then we could kind of go back to having two people help take care of a sick baby. Um, The baby was only sick for like a few days. um, So we're very fortunate. Um, hopefully in my research that I was doing, and again, if you're taking any sort of medical advice, don't, don't, what I say should not be taken as anything other than me telling you a story. If you use it as any influence over your life or your medical decisions, you deserve to die. Um, so I don't even remember what the hell I was going to say. I started thinking about Joe Rogan. Um, Oh, hopefully the fact that Katie and I were both vaccinated, um, I was, you know, we were shedding less of the virus even though we were positive. So they likely got a smaller, I guess, dose or a a lighter infection so it was easier for their body to fight it off. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And the whole point is nobody knows, especially if you're not a medical professional. If you're a medical professional, you don't know, and you're not even equipped to know. You don't even have the background knowledge to know what the hell you're talking about. So shut the hell up and do what the doctors tell you to do. And when I want to know, I don't know, what to give my horse if they have worms, I'll ask you and I'll go to the tractor supply store um anyway so that that was a big that was a big thing piper started crawling yesterday she's been army crawling for a few weeks but she started actually crawling butt up in the air on her like hands and knees crawling crawling yesterday and i teared up a little bit it was it was a little crazy to see like all of a sudden she had been like Almost like flirting with the idea for like the last week or so. She'd get up and then kinda do one I don't know, stride. It's not a step because she's crawling, but she'd like move her knee forward and then she'd flop back down an army crawl. And then yesterday all of a sudden I look over and she's like giggling and took like five strides on her knees before she flopped down again. So I was like, Oh, I think I think this is it. And then the rest of the day she was just crawling around, giggling. Now the only problem is uh, you gotta really, you know, I took it, I was taking advantage of the fact that she couldn't move when she was little. You could just sit around, put her on the floor with some toys. She can't go anywhere. So you can look away for longer than two seconds. Now, can't really do that. You kind of have to be aware all the time. Not that I was ever not aware, but you feel like you can't look away. Um, and she's, she, also sat up in her, in her crib for the first time, um, within the last week. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but she was, she had woken up from a nap, a short nap. So she needed to fall back asleep. So I just let her in there. Um, and yeah, she's like talking to herself and she was talking to herself longer than normal. She normally falls back asleep and I look over and I just see her sitting up and it was, uh, it was pretty shocking. And one thing I've been doing is I've been taking, not like every day or every time I wake her up, but at least a few times a week, I'll video the walk into her room to get her up from a nap or up in the morning. And so I've been doing that since she was a few months old. And then every time something I go in there and something's different, like the first time she woke up uh, or I went in to get her and she had flipped over to her stomach and was sleeping on her stomach. I have that. Uh, The first time I went in there and she was sitting up in bed. So then I can compile that together with, you know, one of the first times I recorded it when she's little, still in a sleep sack, still swaddled, can hardly move. Um, And it's a it's a very emotional thing to see just how much how much she's changed. And you really don't even it's crazy because you don't necessarily I mean, you notice all the changes, but they're it doesn't seem like she's changing day to day. It still seems like she's a tiny little baby, but she's, you think about all the stuff she does now and it's, it's insane to think that it's only been eight and a half months that she's been here. It feels like, it feels like this has been my life, all of my life. It feels like she's been here forever. Um, and yeah, I don't know who told her she was allowed to sleep and look like a big kid while she's sleeping, but she like sleeps on her side with one leg like curled up. Which is pretty close to how I sleep. Um, yeah, it's just wild to see all the changes. Um, it's crazy. We still have the, still have the the helmet that she's wearing for the her flat spot that she had on her head. Her head looks great. Um, I'm tired of looking at the helmet. Both her mom and I are tired of looking at the helmet. We just want to see her. Uh, it doesn't bother her. I'm happy happy that we can do that for her and help give her the best head shape that we can. The toughest part now is because we're in kind of the home stretch and she's probably not gonna have to wear it that much longer. We just want it we just want it gone. Um But at the same time, like because well, because her head looks so good right now, it looks fine. You wouldn't if if this is what her head looked like when we started, we would have never had her wear a helmet. Um, But the problem is we have had her wear a helmet, so it's like, yes, it's good enough, but I don't want to start making those kind of decisions now where I don't want to get her good enough and then stop just because I don't like it or I'm uncomfortable. I want to give her the best that we can give her, you know, and if that means another two months of having to look at this helmet, then that's fine. Um but my i don't think my discomfort should be the reason we don't do something to give her the most benefit i think that's going to come first and i can I, you know when when we started doing the helmet the doctor told us or the practitioner told us like sometimes it's hard for people to have their kids wear these cuz the kids don't like it or or what it's just hard to it's just hard to do something like that in some cases and i don't like putting it on her she makes it so easy to do it because she's the most chill, easygoing baby I've ever heard of. And so that makes it easier to keep going and keep doing it. But I hate putting it on her. Um, and, you know, they were saying like some people will leave it off for a few days and and then you're, you're just wasting time because they're growing, but they're not growing in a way that's more productive for them. So... I don't know, it's it's tough to... I understand not wanting to To do it, I get that. But again, you can't put your own... You have to put aside your own feelings to do what is best for them. Uh, we did take it off a little bit when when she was sick because she had a fever, and just to kind of let her... You know, because she gets... I mean, it's like wearing a big helmet all day. You're going to sweat in it, it's going to make your head warmer. Um... So we did take it off for a few hours, but it wasn't anything, you know, not like a whole day or anything. Um, so hopefully we're, we're coming to the end of it because she has a lot of very pretty blonde hair now. Well, not a lot of it. She's still, she's still uh, not relatively bald, but like there are plenty of kids her age with a lot more hair, but she has very fair skin and light hair and there's just Not that much of it. So she's just starting to get enough to actually look like she has hair now. Um, And I want to see it. I don't want to see a helmet. But at the same time, the only reason I have to be done is that I don't like it anymore. And that's not a good enough reason to stop doing something that's helping her. At least, I mean, there might come a point where it stops being as beneficial. And I'm sure the practitioner will tell us, like, we're not getting much use out of it now. There's really no point in continuing Um, and that's fine. That's a different story than I don't like it and it's good enough. You know, I'm going to put, put that aside for, for her benefit wherever I can, but it does suck. And it is something that you have to, or I've had to work through. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but just, just an insane amount of guilt with everything you do you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Like when I put her down for a nap, if I if I even sense like, oh, I think she's she's probably tired or she needs to go to bed or I don't know. Like I feel guilty if I if I put her down for a nap early because she didn't sleep as well the night before or if she had a short nap, short first nap because we do two naps. We do a nap in the morning, a nap in the afternoon. Um, and yeah, you just feel guilty. Like, am I just putting it putting her down to be able to do stuff around the house even though you have plenty of good reasons for putting her down for a nap um but you have to you you do have to learn a little bit of self-confidence to overcome that guilt and i have i'm very prone to shitting on myself not physically not i mean metaphorically i uh i just tear apart any dis like i i don't know i'm 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 awful to me emotionally. I'm awful to myself. I just tear apart every thought I have, every decision I make. Um, And I thought growing up, I was like, oh, that's an asset. That makes me think more critically about what I'm doing. And it makes me a stronger and smarter person. That just makes me a depressed person. That just makes me not like myself. So you have to, that's something I've learned like in the last eight months is I have to have the, The self-confidence to say, no, I know what I'm doing. There's a reason for what I'm doing. Um, And just realize that because the reason you question everything is because you care about her and you want to do the right thing and you want to put her first. Um, But you have to keep that in check with you. That's you need the self-confidence. So I found a little bit more confidence over the last eight months of I know what I'm doing. I'm a good dad. I know what I'm doing. I can, I can figure it out. Um, And I'm much less, I'm a much less anxious parent than I thought I would be. I thought I would be, I don't know. I thought I would be constantly overweighing every decision I made, every statement, every, like every way that I interacted with her. I I felt like I'm probably going to overthink every interaction I have with her, but honestly, like interacting with her, playing with her, talking to her, and just even like handling her, it has been the most natural feeling um, there's I, it's been like effortless. I, I don't feel uncomfortable. I was worried I would feel like uncomfortable like, oh, is this the right way to hold her? Is this the right way to talk to her? Is this the right way to play with her so that she de-? like I would be so paranoid about doing things the best way. That I don't know it would make it that I wouldn't know what to do I wouldn't know how to interact with her, but honestly, it's been the most uh, the most natural easy feeling of knowing how to interact with my daughter and it started like the second she was born because it's 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 you you're the one that has to take care of them this is your daughter, not anybody else's and in the past like dealing with other people's kids like I'm like worried about how I'm gonna pick them up how I'm gonna hold them but as soon as she was born, I was like I had more of a confidence in how I picked her up because she's mine and nobody's going to care about her more than me. So I need to, I I found this, this confidence that was, that I had never had before of, I know how to take care of her. If no, if, if, if I can't figure it out, nobody else will. So I did when I picked her up the first time, it was like there in the back of my mind, it was like, do you even know how to pick up a baby? And I thought, I know exactly how to pick up a baby because this is my baby, and I just picked her up and and I I don't know it was just a, a very natural feeling that I knew how to take care of her. Um, on the emotional side, on the on the logical side, you you still feel like you don't know what the hell you're doing, but the emotional side I did find kind of that confidence immediately. On some level and then the last the last eight and a half months has has been kind of learning how to harness that confidence and listen to it and use it as an asset rather than because I think self confidence can be a detriment, but since I've never had it, I it's an asset to me, I don't have enough of it to where I'm overconfident to where I'm kind of a dummy or a blowhard um yeah so that's kind of that's been what's going on crawling she's eating a lot might have oh the baby led weaning uh she might have slight intolerance or a slight like reaction to eggs but we have like these pediatrician and allergist designed little puree pouches that have you can introduce small amounts of allergens um But so far, eggs has been the only thing that she reacts to. So we talked to her pediatrician who is old school, and she was like, Well, you're not supposed to give them eggs till they're a year old. Well, yeah, we know. But I mean, that's. There are different schools of thought that other pediatricians who are not super old school. I don't want to just say we're ignoring her pediatrician in the same discussion where I said. Listen to medical professionals. There are plenty of doctors. It's not like a 99.9% think COVID is real and you should wear a mask versus the 0.01% that are part of this Trump cabal of doctors that want you to take, I don't know, horse medicine and shove it up your ass. There's a difference in these two things. Not listening to the exact method of when you should feed what to a baby based on one old-school pediatrician is different. So I don't want to hear it. Um, Plus, the research we did about baby-led weaning was different than some people on Facebook told us about it. And there's actual medical journals and articles and pediatricians who recommend it. So it's not pseudoscience. Well, it might be, I don't know, but it seems to work. And also we're doing kind of the traditional, we're doing a blend of the traditional. We're just, it's almost like we're giving her traditional baby food and then just letting her play with big people food. You know, the only thing that we're, the only place that we're really differing from, um, differing from her pediatrician's recommendations is allergens. And there's a lot of a lot of evidence to suggest that not giving them allergens causes them to have more or severe allergies. But you also have to I don't know, I guess you have to worry about them going to anaphylactic shock. But that's why you introduce it in a controlled manner. I don't know. Again, I've said this before. You don't know what you're doing. You just try to do the best thing. So maybe I'm a hypocrite, but I don't think so. I think I think they're different. And I also don't think I know better than the pediatricians. So that's different. Uh, I don't know. Did I make myself look like an asshole here? Maybe. But I don't have the audience that Joe Rogan does. And nobody's gonna fucking die from uh, giving your kid puffs when they're nine months old. So give me a break. We don't need to talk about the Texas abortion ban, do we? I don't need to bring that up. Everybody's on the same page. Fuck Texas and their backwards-ass ways. Right? Fuck that. I don't need to go into detail on, on why why you shouldn't, it's, it's just so, like, the whole idea is, is talking down to women. I have not met one woman that thinks abortions are a good thing, just like I've never met anyone who thinks, like, chemotherapy is a good thing. It is a fucking good thing when it's necessary. Nobody's fucking doing it for fun. It's like a medical procedure that needs to be available. Nobody's going and doing it just for fun. And the idea that you need to tell an individual, I know better than you, I I care about babies and your body more than you do, is the most fucking disrespectful uh, uh belittling frame of mind you can have. And I thought about this one fat fuck on Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore, but he's this old country boy. And he was saying like, well, you know, you have the burden of responsibility the second you have sex, just like a criminal once they break the law. Well, first of all, we can just I disagree with you equating uh, being a teenager and having sex with being a fucking criminal by it, like having a vagina cuz are you saying that about men too? I I maintain that he was not saying it about men, but about women. So, again, having a vagina and using your vagina for its uh one of its many fantastic purposes uh is like being a criminal. So, there you've betrayed your equality. You've 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 shown us how you feel about women right there or people with vaginas. Uh, and also like the fact that you think you need to tell them that the fact that they're not smart enough or, or a woman isn't, or a person with a vagina or a uterus isn't smart enough to know that themselves, to know that life is important. The fact that you have to say that, the fact that you think anybody who thinks abortion should be available believes that, well, I don't give a shit about life. Fuck off. Fuck off with that. Fuck off with that. Fuck off with... What what the most fucking anti... uh, From what I know about Texas, from what they all say, is that uh, the most anti-Texas thing you could have would be like a fucking narc line, the narc hotline to turn people in. Man, fuck that shit. Fuck that. Fuck that totalitarian bullshit. Anyway, well, this... I didn't want to have to talk about it, and I still don't want to talk about it, but it just came out. So, uh, yeah, uh, if I was more successful and had gigs or shows in Texas, I'd cancel them. Yeah, that's a good way to, that's a good way to, and it ends with a political statement, but also a subtle jab at me for not having any work in Texas to cancel, to boycott. Nor was I planning a trip there to cancel. So there you go. All right, hang in there, have a good time, stay frosty, and I'll speak to you soon.